Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday, Yom Chevron. This is 
your Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. It's day four of a fabulous journey to celebrate Jerusalem 50, the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Yerushalayim, our holy city. Yesterday was absolutely spectacular. There is no other way to say it. It was just spectacular, essentially from Tuesday night at sunset until uh, after the day ended on Wednesday. Uh, we had uh, the privilege of being part of an amazing and incredible celebration uh, that was going on all through the city of Jerusalem uh, in honor of Yom Yerushalayim. And the streets were packed until after midnight last night with young and old enjoying an incredible celebration and being part of what people had anticipated for a long, long time, and that was the 50th anniversary celebration. We were uh, planning this for close to a year to be here this week. It has been an amazing journey so far. Today takes us to the Inbal Hotel. Many of you are familiar with our love affair with the Inbal Hotel. It's a great place. It is essentially our, it's not really our mobile studio. It's essentially our, our most well-known permanent studio in, uh, in Israel, certainly in Yerushalayim. And um, I am sitting here on the uh, balcony of the uh, ninth floor executive lounge, a place where we've been many, many times before in all different types of circumstances, <laughs> including very cold and very warm weather. Uh, the sun is shining with the most incredible blue sky on top of us. The Israeli flags, we've been pointing this out all week, how so many wonderful organizations, institutions, and uh, proprietorships in Yerushalayim have uh, taken the time to really decorate uh, their buildings uh, with beautiful Israeli flags and lovely bunting. And the Inbal is, of course, no exception. The Israeli flags flying high atop the hotel here in Yerushalayim. So I would say the following. Uh, between the visit of President Trump on Monday and Tuesday and then yesterday's celebration, Jerusalem has been either uh, very tense and anxious, uh, very busy, or uh, extremely noisy. Today, <laughs> on this Thursday morning, things seem to have calmed down a bit. It's uh, Miriam El Wallach, of course, is here. Good morning. Good morning, uh, Boker Tov and Yom Chavron Sameach. Boker Or Sameach. I, um, I, I said to myself this morning, I, uh, at about 5.30, 6 o'clock, I'm saying to myself, boy, this town is going to be real bleary-eyed <laughs> today. Well, it, we can attest to that. It is finally going to be a sleepy town after uh, three days of uh, really uh, a lot of activities. And, and I forgot that it's not just the visit of President Trump that paralyzed things a bit, but it also right before he was here on uh, Sunday night was the most remarkable um, light show and the Jerusalem celebration with the president and prime minister. Um, that was pretty incredible. Right. It brought thousands and thousands into Jerusalem, and that's where it all began this week. And uh, here, I, I just, I, I'm feeling the serenity and the calm of this Thursday morning here in Jerusalem uh, after what was most unbelievable Yom Yerushalayim. And yesterday we said it, uh, and it's so true, and, and I know it's hard to believe, and I spoke to some people in the U.S., and they were finding it hard to believe. You could have been at the Kotel and in the Old City from sunset Tuesday night <laughs> till after sunset last night, and you could have danced continuously oh, with sure. people. For over those 25 hours. And you would have wanted to, even though you oh. don't know those people. I mean, we were doing the show for Amit yesterday, as you've mentioned. And again, thanks to Amit, thanks to Mizrahi for sponsoring us, and thanks to Aish for hosting us yesterday and giving us the location, location, location that you want on Yom Yerushalayim. Oh, yeah. But how many times did we see groups down, down there on the Kotel Plaza 
dancing and singing and be like, oh, so close, yet so far. Like, we can't, it didn't matter that you didn't know who it was. Like, you just wanted to be a part of it. And truth be told is that you also, besides being able to dance for, for a full 24 hours straight, there was also activity for 24 hours for 24 hours straight. If you didn't want to sleep, you didn't have to. There was something going on. And um, I want to thank our friends at the Inbal for hosting us today. This is a very familiar setting for us. And as you mentioned, we have been here in numerous... Variety of circumstances. Yes, <laughs> yes. And by the way, variety of daylight times. I mean, That's we've been here true. at night. That's right. And um, I remember we were freezing. Morning, afternoon, right. and night. We were freezing that night and everybody's like, who thought this was a good idea? And now you and Yoni are tomatoes as a result of all the sun and we're doing our best and they're doing their best to block the sun. But I mean, we're we're on the we're at the uh, executive lounge on the ninth floor with an unbelievable view oh. and you know you, there's only so much that you want to block and frankly as we learned yesterday again being God being the ultimate producer the sun is going to continue to rise here and we're just we're we're going to figure it all out but I also want to make mention that uh, the inball is under construction right. and uh, people make jokes that the national bird of Israel is the crane mm -hmm. because you can travel anywhere in this country and see cranes everywhere. And in this case, I don't mean ones with wings. I mean ones that with are flags. facilitated, <laughs> right? Ones that are facilitating construction because this country continues to build and continues to expand and continues to develop. And the Inbal is no different. I mean, the, the extensive um, addition that they're putting onto the hotel is is not only unbelievably impressive, but also indicative of the fact that as they've been reporting, Globes has been reporting and travel industry experts have been reporting, is that the tourism industry in Israel has just exploded and continues to explode. Remember April of 2017, the largest number of right? tourists in the history of the state of Israel. Jews, non-Jews, you know, I was thinking about this yesterday. Um, as we were traveling, oh no, I was thinking about this yesterday as I was sitting with my kids in a Jerusalem restaurant. Now the restaurant we were in last night is on the street. I mean, you know what I mean. We sat next to the cars driving by. <laughs> and, I, and at some point during the meal, I'm saying to myself, my God, a few years ago, not only would we have avoided going out in a really public large restaurant, right. but we certainly would not have been sitting on the street. We certainly wouldn't have been sitting on the street where, you know, who knows. Right. And last night, it's just none of that. And I said, what a difference. The hesitation mm. that people around the world had to come to Israel has turned into a boom right. where nobody's hesitated. They're running to get here as thank soon God. as possible. Thank yeah, God. It really is. It's incredible. And hotels are packed. Yep. Thank God. And yeah, all the shtick we used to be able to play with hotels, we can't do <laughs> no, anymore. It's crazy. No, they don't need us. Just crazy. They don't need us. And also, we saw our good friend this morning, who was actually, I mean, I can refer to him as our shadchan. That's here right. Here at the Inbal was Alex Herman, who um, who was the, the person who brought us into the Inbal, who started this relationship. We thank Alex. And he just, you know, he's busy as ever. Yeah, the he's, he's doing, a, I assume, private touring. Yeah, he's doing private touring now. But also, he's and busy he as ever, busy. opening up a second office in the United right. States, one in Baltimore. There's nothing like these positive oh. times in Israel. Nothing thank like God. Remember how depressing it is when people didn't have work and tour guides couldn't scratch together the money they need to live? And Listen. Now it's amazing. We came during the war. Right. We came twice during the right. war. And, and those were shorter periods. Those time, were very, yeah. those were very short trips. But when we came, you know, we were doing our best to spend money. Right. 
uh, taking cabs when we otherwise wouldn't take cabs. But everyone was depending on whoever was coming to do to do whatever they could. Limited number of tourists. And yesterday, as as we saw, that cab driver made a pretty penny off of us. Oh (laughs) yes. Now, because of the traffic and because of the the know-how that these cab drivers have, you end up paying for it. Right. They don't need us either. Simple. Thank God. And 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 by the way, we're not complaining and we're not making fun. It really is a bracha. (laughs) I I hope Mayor Weigarten is listening because we always. I hope Yigal is not listening. (laughs) We always joke. We always joke how you know how magnanimous the airlines and the hotels are when nobody's coming, and right. they're willing to make a deal for anything. And once people start coming, that is it. Yeah. you ain't getting a deal on anything anymore. No, I mean, how many LL flights have been delayed already for tonight? It's unbelievable. Yeah, a number of them, including Yoni's, and it's like, yep, that's what we're doing, yeah, folks. But, Yo- but Yoni works for an outfit that takes good care of him. So he ends up getting home even earlier than he was originally he would have supposed originally. to. How do you like that? Yes, we'll do anything for Yoni, right? We actually, we at this point. We really will do anything for you. <laughs> At Yoni. least until tomorrow. He's he's earned it. We'll see what happens next week. He's earned we'll it. We'll see if he reports to work on Arab shoes or not. <laughs> <laughs> or at least he's working remotely. We'll see. You know, by the way, I know you mentioned the flags and how oh, the, the inball is adorned with flags and how the city has been adorned with flags. And I know that we spoke yesterday at length and I might have gone on a little too long about the importance of the flag and you talked about the beauty of the flag. I, you know, I... Um, I don't know if it's the sentimental in me or, or what have you, but I don't know. There's just there's you see how much so, more so beautiful glorious. the newer flag is? I love that. When you see a new Israeli yes. flag, it's so cool. Because the, the blue is so bold so and it hasn't been washed out by the sun. Right. It's so amazing. But also, you know, just to pick up the conversation about the Rikuds Galim yesterday, mm-hmm. when you see the parade of flags where, I mean, how many tens of thousands of people march in the Rikuds? Oh, Galim? insane number. And they're, they're young kids holding flags, and they're older people holding flags, and it's that ultimate pride. Um, it's that ultimate pride, that, that beautiful Magen David in the middle. And it's just... It, it's just funny. Like it's all the same flag, but the more of you, the more of it you see, like the it exudes Jewish pride. Yeah, it certainly does. That. It certainly does. All right, we're here on Yom Chevron, broadcasting from Yerushalayim. How do you like that? As we celebrate, uh, we continue to celebrate Jerusalem 50 this week here on JM and the AM and the Nachum Siegel Network. We'll continue with some appropriate music, of course. Everybody out there, thank you so much for listening in. We're at the Inbal Hotel on the ninth floor executive lounge on the balcony with our Israeli flags, an incredible view. Uh, special guests coming up, plenty happening on a Thursday as we continue at JM in the AM. Let's go. 
Shall be.
seen you dressed in ash and rags Seen them all turn around Just like you I hold my ground But I stand quiet, I stand still Like a rock throughout the ages I'm just a stone from your home I'm Jerusalem stone And I've waited all this time See you in this land of mine And I've waited through the ugliness and grime See you in this land of mine Whoa, whoa, whoa In the AM, Jerusalem Stone, you know who that is. It's eighth day, of course. Well, the Yerushalayim done by Eitan Katz. You heard Chevron on this Yom Chevron. That was Deddy. 
And I welcome all of you to a, a wonderful Jerusalem program. That's right, not a Yom Yerushalayim program, because that was yesterday, but a Yom Hevron program live from Yerushalayim as we continue just basking in the incredible and amazing celebration that we were part of uh, really over the last three days. But yesterday, Wednesday, Yom Yerushalayim here in Jerusalem for YY50, simply remarkable. It's the 25th of May, day number 29 in the month of ER. Today is Erev Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh Sivan is tonight. That's right. Rosh Chodesh Sivan is tonight uh, and tomorrow, Friday. Uh, today is day number 44 in the counting of the Omer. 44 uh, in the counting of the Omer. And um, if you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Again, it's day number 44 in the counting of the Omer. Jam and the AM. My thanks to the Oni Pollock for engineering today and being here in Jerusalem with us, making sure we sound good on the air. And I thank all of you for tuning in, no matter what method you've used to tune in. It could be you've uh, called the phone line. It could be you've uh, you've gone straight to our app. And maybe you're commenting right now on the app. Uh, that's an app, the NSN Nahum Siegel Network app for Android and iPhone. Maybe you're on your computer at NahumSiegel.com. Maybe you're listening now in an archive. Whatever method you are using, I thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, we are on the Idbal Hotel's Executive Lounge, ninth floor balcony. And it is overlooking an incredible view of the city of Jerusalem and the surrounding areas. Uh, blue and white, Israeli flags everywhere adorning the building as the celebration has been simply amazing. And a much calmer Jerusalem today than it's been over the last few days uh, with President Trump here Monday and Tuesday. Uh, the relative calm um, was uh, at a was 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 gone, <laughs> and the uh, excitement and the anxiousness, the anxiety, um, had crept into the city. Tuesday night, though, the president was gone. The celebrations began, and boy, oh boy, if you wanted to, you could have danced for 25 straight hours from Tuesday night to Wednesday night. Ended very very late last evening. We're staying in the center of town, and it was just a very very late night for everybody. Uh, and today, like I say, much calmer. Seems that everybody is somewhat bleary-eyed and um, and just a great feeling, a wonderful feeling in the uh, city of Jerusalem. Today is Yom Hebron, of course. We celebrate 50 years since the liberation of the uh, holy city of Hebron uh, on the day after Yom Yerushalayim in 1967 during the Six-Day War. Uh, major groups heading to Hebron today, including our friends at Mizrahi, who are going to be there for the bulk of the day and many others as well, and uh, we acknowledge the incredible miracle that we as a people are able to visit Hebron, uh, to walk into and pray at Marat HaMachbelah, and be part of a uh, of such an important um, city in the history of the Jewish people. It is a wonderful feeling. JM in the AM. It is a uh, Thursday morning broadcast. Plenty happening on Thursdays at the Nachum Siegel Network. We start with this great program that we are calling our Yom Yerushalayim Yom Chevron special. Coming up, I am going to uh, replay some of the sounds of 1967. We're going to replay that segment with Mayor Weingarten uh, so our early morning listeners can hear it in its entirety start to finish. I think it is well worth doing. That'll be coming up and plenty more, of course, as we continue on a Yom Chevron morning. You are listening to JM in the AM.
Eitan Freilich on this um, Yom Chevron morning here at JM in the AM. All right, I, I said this earlier, and I really want to do it. I, I think we should take this opportunity, especially since we are considering this our combination Yom Yerushalayim, Yom Chevron special uh, between Wednesday and Thursday's broadcast, to do something extra special for our listeners uh, who tune in, in the early mornings or who listen to the first hour through our archives. This is something that we do traditionally on Yom Yerushalayim in the third hour, of our broadcast, uh, in fact, it was um, it was part of uh, yesterday's uh, program as we sat in front of Harabayit, in front of the Kotel Amaravi, and went ahead and played the sounds of 1967. So we go now, Mayor Weingarten and I, in a well-known segment, 
from one of our previous Yom Yerushalayim specials, The Sounds of 1967. And this is the, the full version, the full version, which gives uh, an additional perspective uh, and uh, additional material compared to what had been um, uh, presented on the air in previous years. Sounds of 1967, the Six-Day War. You are listening to JM in the AM. Um, one of the things everyone looks forward to is the kolot, the voices, the sounds of uh, 1967. You've explained to us many times why it is we do have sounds from that day because of the uh, uh, unbelievable forethought of a correspondent, a young, very young correspondent for uh, Galitzal, is it? For Galitzal. And uh, now it's uh, your opportunity to share this with the audience because as one of our listeners says, every time they hear it, it's like they're hearing it for the very first time. And the way people react emotionally, I think it's, uh, it feels like they're hearing it for the very first time. Including us. Including us is right. I, I will say. So we will begin with this. The reporter, Yossi Gornin, um, was with the troops. And it was, by the way, you said it was forethought. Actually, he, he says that it was, it was Instinct? Luck. luck. Hashgacha, <laughs> as we'd say. Otherwise, we would never have these recordings. And it, he was recording. That means he wasn't broadcasting live because there was no technology to do that, at least at that, at that time, surely not in Israel uh, during the war. So he was running with the troops, literally running, while they were shooting at them, while they were in danger, in harm's way. Right. And he also comes across Rav Goren, who is... Also, running with the troops, Rav Garn is holding a Sefer Torah in his hands, right. in one hand, and the chauffeur in the other hand. <laughs> and they are running and running, and, and you hear the shots in the background. They enter uh, Shar Harayot, they get to Har Habayit, Har Habayit Biadenu, and so forth. This reporter now knows that he has gold, Jerusalem of gold, in his hand, and he has to get it to the people in Galeitzal. So he runs around, I read this Yesterday, he runs around looking for a telephone. In order to broadcast this back, he finds a place and he transmits by holding the, um, the, the, earpiece, the, the phone, the mouthpiece of the phone to his, uh, to his tape recorder. So the first part we're going to hear now is him telling the Galitzahal audience what it is that we're going to hear. And the excitement in his voice is enough to, to, to get you excited. This is Yossi Ronin. This is one of the things that's amazing. He, he goes on to describe Rav Gorin. And he says Rav Gorin was like on another, in another world. He was in an ecstatic state. Rav Gorin said in an uh, interview also, in another interview, he said, I felt Hashra'at Hashchina at that moment. And he says, they're shooting. They're shooting. And Rav Gorin is just walking like there's nothing, like nothing's going on. <laughs> Rav 
כשאנחנו מתארים בית אחרי בית, אנחנו כמובן בעקבות ה... They're going house to house because there was there were orders by the government that they may not bomb so they're going house to house to to um, clear out any possible snipers and so forth and and he's describing her of Gorns in ecstasy he says he's like in another world now in an, in an interview uh, that I heard with Rav Gorin Rav Gorin said and and the other officer was there also to to uh, verify this Rav Gorin says that That the guy came over to him, one of the commanders came over to me and said, "You got to go along the wall. They're shooting. You can't walk now in the middle of this street. Go on the side." Rav Goren says, "Who are you? I ha- I'm a higher rank than you. You, don't, you can't tell me what to do." And he just keeps going. And the guy says, "But you're endangering everybody else." He said, "Oh, if I'm endangering others, I can't do it." But he, he sort of like separated himself from the rest of the people and continued going. In Little Street, he was, he was literally in some other world, as, as he says. Okay, so he continues, and um, now they reach the... the, the um, no, this is... Uh, no, I'm sorry, that was the same one. Now, now they reach the uh, Harabite. לחצר מסגד עומר, מסגד עומר זה מראה מקסים, מראה שלו, הכוחות הישראלים לא פגעו בו בכלל, בפנים שטחים אדומים, עמודים גבוהים, שיש בכל צד, ממש מראה מקסים, שלווה, ממש שקשה לתאר אותה לעומת היריות והרעש שהתחוללו מסביב. אחרי מסגד עומר המשכנו ללכת, כשאנחנו יורים, יורדים במדרגות לעבר הכותל המערבי. עמדנו ליד הכותל המערבי, הרב גורן תקב השופר, קרא את פקודת היום המיוחדת שהוא הוציא לרגל הכיבוש של הכותל המערבי. מימינו ומשמאלו עמדו חיילים ובכו. אני לא יכול בכלל לתאר את הדבר הזה. חיילים צנחנים אמיצים שחברים שלהם דקות ספורות נפצעו או נהרגו בכיבוש העיר העתיקה, עומדים נשענים על הכותל המערבי ובוכים. הם לא יכלו להוציא אגם מפיהם. The, the, the toughest soldiers, the Tzanchanim, who a second ago were fighting and who lost comrades, now are leaning their head against the Kotel and crying. And the truth is, it is pretty awesome. Unbelievable. It's awesome when you think about it. Okay, he continues about uh, now for another couple of seconds about what else Rav Gorin Uh, uh, did, and then we'll get to the call-out themselves. <laughs> הצטרפו לתפילה. אחרי התפילה, באופן ספונטני ביותר, פרצה שירת התקווה כשבראש הכותל המערבי מתנוסס דגל ישראל. אותו דגל שהודפס במלחמת השחרור בעיר העתיקה עצמה כשהיא פונתה על ידי היהודים ואחד הצרכנים זכר לקחת אותה כשאנחנו חדרנו לעיר העתיקה והניף את הדגל בראש הכותל המערבי. אני מיהרתי לצאת ואני רוצה להעביר את השידור עכשיו את ההקלטה. And now, <clears throat> that was all the introduction. Right. And now he says, and, he, and, and, and now here's the, here's the, uh, the, the actual sound. So the first part we're going to hear is Motagur, the commander. He is on Har HaZaytim, near Beit Arot, right. but they call the Mir Peset. And so this way he can see the entire uh, battle um, area. And he says... He's, he's now giving the instructions, the final instructions before they move into the old city. And he says... We're on the ridge, we're overlooking the old city, and soon we're going to go into it. He says, 
Kol Ador, all the generations before us have dreamt about it, and we, we will be the first to enter the old city. And then he goes on to talk about whose tank is going to go first and so forth, and they're going to enter the Lion's Gate. And he says that the, there's going to be the tekes at the end will be Barachava, which I believe he means the Harhabayit, which is the only Rachava in the area. I shudder to think what he was thinking as he was giving that command, Lanua, Lanua, go. <laughs> okay, and so they, they, lots of stuff happens. They now are about to enter the Lion's Gate. It is the first time in history of the city of Yerushalayim, which has a long history of being conquered by, by different forces, that it is entered from the east rather than from any of the other sides. Mostly it was from the north. This is the first time it's entered from the east, from the Mizrach. And here are the Kolot. There's a burnt-out bus, which is giving off heat, which they talk about, and, and you'll hear him. This is the same Yossi Gonen describing as they enter, and they're still shooting. <laughs> And as he described, Rav Gorin is there, and he is shouting, he's holding his Sefer Torah, and he is shouting screaming different words of encouragement like you know like like he's supposed to be doing yeah um to the troops and he encourages them say amen say amen say amen um i discovered this year 30 seconds that i don't think we ever heard let's hear and it's rev yeah. screaming and i i could, uh, beginning couldn't make it out it turns out that he, he i believe it's to hill and hey he was just reciting that Tehillim, which discusses um, battle, you know, fighting against uh, the enemies and so forth. So here is this, this clip. <laughs> Okay. 
You hear the guy saying, Harav Yitzamud Lisham, yeah. meaning, move over to the wall, right. stop. He keeps going. Hello, Gurin. So, and, and you hear one of the commanders saying that you asked me, he's t- saying to Yossi Gornan, this, this whole clip is new. You, you asked me if we're going to make it to the Kotel today. He says, I'm, I'm telling you now that there's already a, an Israeli flag on Har Habay, which was, uh, was, which was uh, a little earlier. It's Tehillim Lamed Hay, and it talks all about David praying to God that he should um, fight with his enemies, give battle to my foes. Take up shield and, and sword and come to my defense. So this was the, you know, he probably knew all of Tehillim by heart anyway. So yeah. He knew which uh, the right one was. And now they make their way through. They reach Har Habayit. Motagur, who's seeing the whole scene, sees the Israeli soldiers. And the words that have become history are now uttered. And now he's instruction. Now these are war instructions. You know, first it was, this is Jewish history, and now let me just talk to the soldiers for a second. One more time. It'll take a while. But it will take a while. But, but we are much closer today than we were 10 years ago, 20, surely 50. Well, yeah, even 50. We are much closer today than ever before. And it's coming from where it has to come from. It's coming from the people. Right. That's true. And, as Rav Gorin says, they looked for how to get to the Kotel. And this is obviously the part that is always uh, hurts me, but it is what it is. That's what they remembered. They remembered the Kotel. They daven at the Kotel. They never thought about Harabayit in the past, and they wanted to go to this place that they knew before, that they had cried at before, that they daven at until 19 years before. So right. a lot of the people that were there, the older commanders, had been to the Kotel before, and they fin- finally find it. By the way, there's a story, I don't know if it's apocryphal or not, that, that one of the soldiers says that um, they're looking to get in, in, the, it, from the inside of Harabayit to the Shar Hamugrabim to get out. And there's an old Arab man who has the key, and he comes and he gives them the key. All right. And he was very calm and very whatever, and he says, I was waiting for you. <laughs> I knew you'd come back. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and now they're at the Kotal, and here's Ruv Gorin. That is the bracha that one makes when one sees Yerushalayim re-established and rebuilt. We say it also in Tfilat Nachim in Tisha B'Av.
And then Rav Gorin, one of the most moving moments, makes an askara kel malay rachamim for the soldiers who just died, who were killed in battle, who never got to see this. Yeah. They never got to see this moment. They didn't know where where, where the Jewish people were going to end up at the, at the end of that day. And uh, here is the Azkara where he mentions the soldiers that gave their lives for the liberation of Yerushalayim, the Kotel, and Har Habayit. <laughs> Those are the soldiers crying. Unbelievable. Uh, leaves you speechless every time you hear it. As simple as that. Just leaves you speechless every time you hear it. The Sounds of 1967, we presented it yesterday from uh, just in front of Harabayit. And uh, we present it today as a... Uh, as a, a little bit of a bonus to our early morning listeners and first hour listeners who may not have caught it, may not have been able to get to the archive and listen to it on this Yom Yushalayim Yom Chevron celebration at JM in the AM is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com on the NachumSiegel Network and of course on the beloved NSN app. We are in Jerusalem basking in the glory of an amazing blue sky Watching the cranes continue to build this city. An enormous yellow crane. Yeah. Which keeps um, moving back and forth overhead, and you'd think that I would get used to the movement, but it is such a hulking figure. And you and I, the three of us, including Yoni, were just discussing the the 
you know, the, the building of that crane in order to build this part of the hotel. I mean, this thing is humongous. Yeah, it's a massive structure, that's yes. for sure. Uh, the Israeli flags are flying from the roof of the Inbal Hotel, just like they've been flying all through town, all through the city of Jerusalem all week long. And yesterday during the parade of flags, and I, and I, keep, I keep thinking back to 10 years ago, yesterday we were here at the Inbal. And, of course, as I always talk about, the 40th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem was pouring rain here. Right. <laughs> and there was a Rikud Galim. They did have it. I know it ended early, and I know it was very, very wet, and I know there, was a l there were a lot of people. You know, the streets of Jerusalem are not built. For rain. Right, for rain, for drainage, for flooding conditions. Right. Uh, and there were people, I'm telling you, in a foot of water in certain places so the, that uh, were marching through Yerushalayim. But yesterday, my gosh, the weather was great, and hundreds of thousands of flags, tens of thousands of people were marching through the streets of Jerusalem, heading down to the old city. Scenes that I'm sure you've watched in, on social media and other places from the Kotel and other areas of the old city. Just remarkable and incredible celebration. As I keep emphasizing on this Thursday, things are a lot calmer now in the Holy City. The, uh, a friend of mine from Ramape Chemesh who was, in the, um, who was at the Rikuds Galim, her daughter said to her, oh, this must be what the Celebrate Israel Parade is like. And her mother, <laughs> who's this friend of mine, who grew up in New York, she was like, no, this is not what the Celebrate oh, Israel Parade is. Halavai, Celebrate right. Israel Parade was like Exactly. This. And by the way, no no, no yeah, knocking no the, knock parade. the parade. Right. No knocking on but the parade. But you can't do it 6,000 miles of away. Of course. It's not this. I no, mean, you have... You you know, Jerusalemites who are doing this, and and it just—it's different. That is a tribute to our love of Israel and our Zionism. This is internal pride. It's no just—it's just different. It. By the way, also I—we should mention that as part of our view here from the terrace at the Executive Lounge at the Inbal is Yamin Moshe and the outsides of the exterior—I mean, I should say the exterior of the exterior walls around um, the old city. And that view also, just to think about. The uh, the pedigree of that of that community and how it how far back it it speaks to how long we have been here and even in modern times um, is really just quite remarkable. Somebody I don't know if you saw it on social media, but somebody took uh, one of the organizations and I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and find it. They took a number of pictures from like the late 1800s here in Jerusalem and um, the number of photographs I should say right. and made them into color and illuminated them, so to speak. And just, you know, bringing new life into into those photographs, making you appreciate just the, you know, the pride that went back so many so many generations. Yeah, I know you're fascinated by the crane. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. It's also scary, silly stuff. But anyway, um, the pride of those communities and the residents here and, you know, your father had a Palestinian passport. Right. My grandfather had a Palestinian passport. There are a number of um, buildings around uh, Yerushalayim that have uh, the name of one of uh, of my great 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 grandfather, I think, who was a Kablan here in Yerushalayim, including the original Shari Tzedek, including a number of different buildings, and the Ashkenazi Shul in Yemin Moshe. And so there is this, you know, you and I share this tremendous pride also oh, yeah. in terms of our connection to the city and the generations that we can go back here. And here we are in this Yom Chevron of doing a radio program from Yerushalayim and really basking in the glory of this incredible city 50 years later. Yerushalayim, of course, the capital of the Jewish people for 3,000 years, 3,000 plus. Remember Jerusalem 3,000? Do you remember that whole celebration? 
a few I, years back? I do, except... I think we were here just some 3,000. I well, think we did a trip We meaning you. Yeah, I right. think we did a trip or something. Right, so, orga- so programs like that were, were not programs that I was as intimately involved in as I have been since I've been working with you. So. And today, no joke, today... There and I love this. I love and you know I love this and I don't know if you tolerate it often. I love looking ahead in the calendar. Love it. I love knowing If anybody <laughs> heard that sound effects, that was me sighing. Yeah. I love knowing what the Yuntif setup is for the Yamim Narayim and Sukkis. I love knowing Who's what the rub you have on about the calendar? Rabbi Heber. All right. I love talking about the uh, you know, the, the, the setup vis a vis standard and daylight savings time of Tanis Esther and Purim. I love talking about how Pesach falls out, how early in the year, late in the year, and of right. course what days of the week. Shavuos is interesting. Next year it's gonna be a three day Shavuos outside of Israel because of Shabbos Sunday, Monday. All these different quirks I love about the calendar, but I love planning or, or at least you know looking at the calendar to see what the next big event is vis-a-vis Israel. And of course, I'm not the only one. It seems everyone has already started. And I'm going to take some credit for this. Already people have started to talk about uh, Israel's seven They days. sure have. It's, uh, I believe I said April 19th. I think. Because this was such a success. Oh, it's ama- amazing. I, I think it's April 19th. I think you said that. Yes, because you they're, commented they're, we, we have less than a year to work on this. Right. And I almost you they're know, gonna move lost a, the hair in my shaitel. They're going to move the Friday Yom HaTzma'ut to the 4th of ER Thursday. Have they confirmed that with um, you? I'm sure I'm they're kidding. doing that. Yeah. So it's going to be the 4th of ER Thursday, and it's going to be another amazing celebration. And uh, I just hope everyone out there, uh, whether you're coming for Pesach or not, I hope everyone out there considers being here for Yom HaTzmut next year and uh, and being part of Israel 70. It is hard to believe that Israel's 70 years old. I remember Lave. I remember mm. as a kid uh, when Israel turned 32. 32. 32. 32. And everybody was... Uh, you know, really into. I remember that was a big parade in New York City, huh. the the 32 year. I don't know. I guess you know it was a good logo, so people were inspired to come. Right, out. that right, <laughs> that's good gematria. The um, you know, you talk about we talk about the 70th, and it's going to be here before we know it. Let's yeah, be honest, it's going to be here before we know it. But I am, and while we are fascinated by the crane, and we are fascinated by the crane, there was somebody who came here to the executive lounge just to say hi, and and we were taking a picture. And I said to him, you know, I'll do my best not to get the crane in the picture. And he said, why? It's been Yan Yerushalayim. We are building Jerusalem. And it was such a good attitude. And now I'm sitting here watching this crane go back and forth, moving this, uh, I mean, these enormous pieces of construction material. And as usual, just... I love infrastructure projects here in Israel. You and I enjoyed watching the building of the uh, new Kfish Echad, the um, the number one highway, where um, they were doing all these kind of renovations, and now there are those tunnels. And just oh, yeah. watching the progress of all of this, I had said this to I had said this to my cousin. I said I love watching infrastructure projects in Israel, and he said me too, except I don't like living through them. Exactly. And, right. Oh. And hello to the bird who just flew on your left. And there's a um, and there's a railroad that's uh, that's being completed as well, which is making quite uh, a stir, a positive stir here. Right. In Israel, it's going to help increase uh, traffic flow uh, in a good way uh, to main centers of Israel and uh, and make uh, and and uh, and create shorter commutes for a lot of people who need them at this point. And less expensive commutes. Right. You know, you think about gas here. You think about what it takes to maintain a car in general. And those are that those are all added expenses. So these kind that. of these kinds of municipal projects 
um, go go a very long way. And we also discussed before the increase in tourism, the number of birthright trips that are supposed to be coming, I think over the next couple months, is way over 100. I think they're at an all-time high where we actually... I mean, we joke about David Shapiro and the, and the collar stays, which have been an ongoing joke for the last week and a half, or mentions, I should say, for the last week and a half. We really should invite David on to discuss the progress on birthright um, and, uh, you know, how many trips they're bringing. It's, it's tremendous. This is the time of year. More yep. coming up. It's Jam in the Am on a Yom Chevron. We are here Thursday in Jerusalem. In the aftermath of one of the great celebrations, Yom Yerushalayim number 50, and uh, we say... Uh, happy Yom Chevron, Yom Chevron Sameach from JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. That is the instrumental version of the um, Kalbach classic Biglal Avos, words that relate, of course, to the holy city of Hebron. Before that, Avramel, Avram Fried, with Hebron Shali on this Yom Hebron, here at J.M. in the A.M. Simon Jacob, the chairman of the Jewish Unity Initiative, and somebody who is uh, an amazing friend, and believe it or not, was with us last Friday in New York City, at the end of our fundraiser, and now is with us here in Yerushalayim. I don't know how he pulls that off, but somehow he is always keeping his commitments. And he told me weeks ago he hopes to join us, Yom Yerushalayim, in Yerushalayim. And sure enough, here he is. Simon Jacob, S- welcome back to JM in the AM. So I made a suggestion last Friday yeah. that you move back to Jersey City. Oh, right. And <laughs> right. actually, because of more all convenient. the traffic, to make <laughs> it more convenient for me. But actually, I much prefer, if I if I was going to put in a suggestion, it's to actually relocate here in Jerusalem. Because it's definitely, by far and away, much, much better. That's where I belong. <laughs> and I'd be walking distance from Yamin Moshe. A hundred percent. And you wouldn't have to deal with the traffic. <laughs> Some of the homes in Yamin Moshe are how old? You've seen buildings that go back to around when? Um, I, I think, actually, they come from the 18, 1800s. That's pretty cool. So it's You like the nice. neighborhood. I love it. Yeah. It's beautiful. I it's totally quiet. It. It's right in the middle of Yushalayim. The whole thing you love. It's kind of a little like Disney World to wake up every morning, walk to shul underneath the walls, underneath the homot. Uh, it's, it's really special. And I totally love it. Uh, today is Yom Chevron. Yesterday you had an yeah. opportunity to celebrate Yom Yerushalayim. Don't you agree that after the presidential visit and the incredible 25 hours of celebration that we uh, participated in and saw and enjoyed over Yom Yerushalayim, now today things are a bit calmer in Jerusalem? <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> a bit, right? <laughs> Thank God. Um, when yes, I woke up are. this morning uh, in the 5 o'clock hour, I said to myself, I have a feeling there are going to be a lot of bleary-eyed people in this town today. And it was quite a celebration, wasn't it? Yeah. I, you know, I could only participate somewhat Correct. In, the, in the celebration. So I was very happy to be with you guys on top of Aish looking down on, um, on Harabayat. That was really, really special. We're and getting spoiled by that location already. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And uh, that, was, that was wonderful. I couldn't really participate. Every year I've had the schut at least for the last four, to be um, up in the parade with the flags and the kids. And that's an incredible experience here. You know, it's, um, it's very different than what goes on in the United States. If you go to the Israel Day Parade, which is an incredible, uh, incredibly beautiful parade, and it's wonderful, it's very different. Um, in America, you have a lot of the school kids who come on the behest of their uh, teachers. Right. And the teachers really run the show. They, they organize the kids. They organize the banners. They help. Um, and the kids help them, but the teachers are really the ones who run it. Right. Yom Yerushalayim, the uh, parade of the flags, is really something that is totally done by the kids themselves. The, the only adults who are involved are the ones driving the buses. Right. And they basically block the streets. <laughs> And as soon as you, as soon as the kids get to where they're supposed to be, like in front of Heichel Shlomo, in front of the great synagogue, um, all of a sudden, all the kids uh, mobilize and they grab the flags and they grab everything and and they just run the show. The whole thing is run by kids, and it's it's an amazing it's an amazing thing to see how empowered these kids are. And when we were uh, at some of the key intersections last night. Same thing. The majority, 80, 90 percent of everybody, are young kids, they're, teenagers, just having a 
having a blast and having a lot of Jewish pride and Israeli pride uh, and Jerusalem pride. After all, Jerusalem is, of course, the center of the uh, Jewish world. Simon Jacob is here. We're in Jerusalem on this official Yom Yerushalayim Yom Chevron special, as we call it. Things a little calmer than yesterday. Uh, The celebration has died down, but the spirit continues to live on in a very special way and in a very dramatic way. Uh, there's nothing like being in Yerushalayim, and uh, we are just uh, privileged. We are actually privileged not only to be here, but to bring all of this to you. There are a lot of people, who, unfortunately, around the world who are not able to be in Yerushalayim this week. Uh, it is, however, the destination, a destination that hopefully one can come to physically. If not, then we try to bring them there in spirit through what we're doing on this radio program and on this network. It is a Thursday at JM in the AM, and... Um, we are in the midst of one of the most amazing and incredible weeks in recent Jewish history, frankly. Yesterday, as we were playing the sounds of 1967, and you, I had my back to Harabayat, even though I tried to turn around just to imagine it. You were looking directly at Harabayat. Uh, it was a difficult to, especially with all the, <laughs> the green grass, the construction, how different it is today than it was 50 years ago. Was it hard for you to imagine what was going on just hundreds of feet away from us yesterday? It was hard for me to see it because I was crying. And uh, to be quite honest, it was really hard for me to to even look. I saw, you know, I'd never noticed where where Lion's Gate is. Mm. Um, But actually on the way up to Harzatim, I saw it this last time. It's it's right on the, it's right after uh, the the gate that leads you into, um, into the Kotel. And it actually is a ramp that leads up, and you can see it clearly, but you just don't notice it because people don't usually go through that gate. Right. Jews don't usually go through that gate because right. it's, uh, it leads right onto Harabite. And, um, and I was, I really, as many times as I've come to Israel and as many times as I've listened to the things, um, I really wasn't aware of how incredibly special that um, the 67 war was, it, it was a time, you know, just going back to um, the speech or the discussion mm-hmm. on Sunday with uh, uh, our radio personality here, um, in, is, it, who, was, who was presenting the program in, I'm, I'm having one of these uh, brain on Sunday, loss. yeah, no. Who was the the, the Israel program? Oh, on Mayor, Monday. on Monday, Mayor, Mayor Weingarten. Yeah, Mayor Monday, Weingarten. Yeah, that's what confused me. I'm sorry. Mayor, I was going to say Mayor, and I just wanted to make sure Mayor Weingarten gave an unbelievable presentation um, about you know coming up and how uh, the thoughts, the feelings before the '67 war were the, the what you call it the Hebrew Kadisha was digging were digging graves. Oh. It was just like uh, it, there was they didn't know what to expect. There was, there was absolutely no concept, and then the I heard a, a paratrooper who had actually gone up there um, on the evening of uh, of Yom Yerushalayim, and he was talking about what it had been like, and they were actually prepared. They they had actually accomplished all they needed to accomplish to go up to Harabayat by Tuesday morning. Right. And they were just waiting for the command to go forward. And that command didn't come until Wednesday morning. And it was like a whole question, what were they doing? And it was, and afterwards it really came out that 
nobody was prepared for that. Nobody thought in their wildest dreams that this would have been successful, that they would have actually um, gotten to Harabayat. So it took a while for that reality to set in. And it's just so incredibly special. One of the things he pointed out, though, was that after 67, after 67, what we have to remember is that our tefillot from pre-67 to now really need to be different. The Kaddish Baruch Hu really showed us something with the Six-Day War, and it was right in our faces, and it still is in our faces today as we look at Yerushalayim unified. And it's really something that we need to remember when we're davening, when we're praying, that the prayers are really need to be different now than they were before. And I hate to mention the mundane, but you just triggered something in my mind as yep. you're saying what you're saying. And I had to look it up on the spot just to see if I was right. Right. It is these, and I wish I would remember this yesterday. It's the same setup as 1967. Right. Wednesday yeah, was the This is The exact it. same setup. It's exactly the same day. The 28th of ER mm-hmm. uh, was, in fact, a Wednesday, June the 7th. And that was the day you allude to. They waited till Wednesday morning. And yep. that's what we were just discussing. And then, of course, Yom Chevron on that Thursday. And the war essentially comes to an end that Friday night. Uh, or more accurately, I think it had a more Saturday night. And that is the your six day war. Yeah, and uh, I just had to <laughs> had to look it up just to yeah, make it was. sure. It, that's exactly it, how it it's, fell. It's pretty amazing that it's the exact same setup as we have this year. One of the things that one of the things that's important. And one other thing okay, I just have to ahead. mention. I apologize. Go go go. If those of you who have the iPhone, if you ha- and you're going to love this, Simon, if you have the Luach app, they have Yom Yerushalayim. Not only in 1967, but in the years before as well. <laughs> so, so it, they're they're actually they can predict anything that's going on in this iPhone. <laughs> if you go back to 1950, they'll have Yom Yerushalayim so, on the 28th of ER, which I thought well, was pretty cool. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You wanted to say no. You know, so you mentioned it's Yom Hevron right. today. Sorry, yeah. So again, with Tfilot, it's hard to realize where we're standing and where we are. Um, and one of the, the impact for my son's bar mitzvah, we were actually at uh, in Hebron in the Maratha Machpelah. And it didn't hit me. It, it was something that, okay, we went to the Maratha Machpelah to daven for the bar mitzvah, and it was very cool and everything. Until I got to Shimon Esrei. And then when I said, Elokei Abraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov, and I suddenly said, Holy, what am I? I'm here. <laughs> I'm right by I the mean, this avot. is it. These are the Yavot. How, how unbelievable is that? How do we have the schut for all of this stuff? It is I incredible. mean, to, to our see generation, our generation. How is did blessed. we? It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing that we were blessed with all of this. And think about a hundred years ago, two hundred years ago, three hundred years ago, a thousand years ago. Think what Jews were, were were pining for and longing for, and, and it was, in fact, Yerushalayim and Hebron and the uh, land of Israel. Um, Simon Jacob joining us on a Yom Yerushalayim, Yom Chevron special. We are in Yerushalayim, thanks to the Inbal Hotel. We are on the ninth floor executive lounge balcony, which has become a home for us broadcast-wise. A big thank you to the Inbal Hotel for hosting us on this very special Thursday morning broadcast. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechanishmas Rav Zebin Yosef Alevi, and Zechanishmas Esther Basar Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. It says in Shmos, Usually, in order for a people to become a nation, they have to dwell in the same land where they were born and raised. If they become uprooted from their land and have to move elsewhere, 
they can't always maintain their own nationality. B'nai Yisrael, however, became a nation before they reached Eretz Yisrael. We have always been a nation, no matter which land we have gone to. The Yalkut Chodesh explains that the same language is employed with reference to Eretz Yisrael, the Holy Land, as the expression that is used for the Torah. Torah Tzivolonu Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu commanded us the Torah, Moshe, it is an inheritance, Kehilas Yaakov, for the Kehila of Yaakov. Because the inheritance of Eretz Yisrael is not something that a person has an everlasting schustu, we have this privilege if we live a life according to Torah. Our claim to Eretz Yisrael depends on Klal Yisrael guarding our nationality through Shmir Samitzvus in Torah learning. The Michtam Elio says, The fact that we have a Yishuv in Eretz Yisrael today is a nace. It's a miracle. It is among the great chasodim that Hashem has bestowed upon His nation. We are able to come from one extreme, the point of Chorben Europa, the Holocaust, to the other extreme, and reestablish the yeshivas in the great centers of Yiddishkeit in Eretz Yisrael. We have to remember, though, there is an Eretz Yisrael de Lamata and an Eretz Yisrael Shalmaila, one that is below and one that is above. They both must exist simultaneously. We say in davening, It has been thousands of years since we have gone into Golos, into the exile. How does the Ava, the great love, remain in our heart? The Michtam explains, It's because of the holiness of Eretz Yisrael. That Kedusha continues to draw us near, no matter how long the bitter Golos is. This is the Yerusha, the inheritance that we have from Avraham Avinu. He was Moshe Nefesh. He self-sacrificed for the Nisayan, the challenge of Lech Lecha. The Talmidim of the Belzer Rebbe, Reb Shalom of Belz, had drawn water for the Mayim Shalono, the special water which is used to bake matzahs. When they finished their task, they were leaving the water overnight to use the next day. They wished the Rebbe, L'shana haba b'Yerushalayim, next year in Yerushalayim. The Rebbe asked, why next year? We can take this water that we drew today and we can bake matzos in Yerushalayim and eat them in the presence of Mashiach tomorrow. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. <laughs> Heart.
Well, I insisted on playing that Yerushalayim song one more time. It's Vavienu done by Diaspora. J.M. and the A.M. coming up on 20 minutes before 8 o'clock on this Thursday as we celebrate in Israel. It's Yom Yerushalayim, Yom Chevron special for us here at J.M. and the A.M. In the aftermath of one of the most incredible celebrations we've ever had the privilege of being part of. Take every bar mitzvah and wedding and birthday party and... And uh, what else? Sachdas is safer Torah that you've ever been to. Put it all together, and this still, with all those events completely uh, uh, meld- melded into one, this still surpasses uh, what that would be like. Just incredible being in Yushalayim, seeing the uh, uh, the thousands, if not uh, hundreds of thousands, of flags all over the place. The youth, young and old, actually participating, marching, and being part of a. Um, being part of an uh, just a massive show of Jewish pride, Israeli pride, Yerushalayim pride, Jerusalem pride, uh, yesterday here in Yerushalayim. Uh, JM and the AM, a reminder that um, our Friday broadcast tomorrow is going to emanate from the Binyamin region. Our friends at One Israel Fund are going to introduce us to a very important and vital um, uh, structure and building that is just being created as we speak. A lot of people, I bet, in this audience, actually, have some uh, influence, have something to do with the brand new project. We'll explain all of it coming up on Friday morning's broadcast. Our regular Friday weekly update will uh, happen uh, next week. It'll happen on the day between Shavuos and Shabbos. It'll happen on the eve, so to speak, of the Celebrate Israel Parade. And a special shout-out, since we're talking about celebrations and parades and parties. A special shout-out to our friends at the American Committee for Shari Tzedek Medical Center in New York, uh, who are very anxious, rightfully so, as we are, to get onto Fifth Avenue to celebrate together on the 4th of June and to uh, be part of one of the most amazing and incredible celebrations outside of Israel for Israel. That's the Celebrate Israel Parade. So a lot going on, plenty happening, and of course we're at the helm for you in Yerushalayim this time at the Nahum Siegel Network.
JM in the AM. That's music from Simcha Liner. And it is for us a Yom Yerushalayim, Yom Chevron combination special as we are in Yerushalayim in the aftermath of the incredible 50th anniversary celebration of the reunification of Jerusalem. If you were here or heard any of the sights and sounds through our broadcasts over the last couple of days, you know that it was one incredible celebration, uh, a Rikud Galim, a march of hundreds of thousands of flags with tens of thousands of people through the streets of Jerusalem. And when I woke up this morning, I said there are a lot of bleary-eyed people in this town uh, after an incredible 25 hours of celebration. And today, as we uh, speak about Yom Yerushalayim and Yom Chevron during this historic week, we have the opportunity to be joined by Daniel Luria. As you know, Daniel Luria is the executive director and spokesperson for Ateret Ko'anim. They have been doing remarkable work for decades in very important areas of Yerushalayim. Not to say that every area of Yerushalayim is, uh, that there are some areas of Yerushalayim that are not important. Every area is. But there's some that have been greater challenges than others. Uh, for the Israeli people and for those who are uh, who are believers in uh, Yisrael Hashlema, uh, that the land of Israel belongs to the Jewish people, and Daniel Luria has been working very very hard over all these years with that Teret Kohanim to do what's possible to change the status quo in many areas. Daniel Luria, Chag Sameach, welcome back to JM in the AM. Chag Sameach, unbelievable, great to be here today, especially uh, such a position overlooking the old city, the heart of Yerushalayim. This is what it's all about. This is, uh, if I close my eyes, I could probably even see David HaMelech, uh, the the Avot, walking around just here. Ah. Now what's interesting is you get to walk in many areas that people generally do not walk in. For instance, today you said that before arriving here at the Inbal Hotel for this conversation and celebrating Yom Yerushalayim and Yom Chavron with us, you said you were in a certain area of Yerushalayim, and it's right in front of us. Describe it to us, please. We're overlooking now the uh, east of the Mount of Olives is an area called Kidmatzion. It's the eastern border of Jerusalem adjacent to Abu Dis that, uh, thank God, Arafat said he... I uh, wasn't prepared to accept the offer from Barak, so it's opposite the Palestinian Parliament House, which is today empty. Jewish property from the 1920s. We have eight families living there. It overlooks the mountains of Jerusalem, looking back to the old city, the Temple Mount, the Mount of Olives. God willing, there'll be a Jewish neighborhood there, all part of the revival of Jewish life. Uh, we call the eight families there, by the way, the paratroopers of the Seventh Day War. <laughs> Seventh Day War. Ever since 67, when we came back and uh, Yerushalayim was uh, finally back in our hands, liberated, uh, whatever word you would like to use. Um, Unfortunately, there's still a certain battle over parts of Jerusalem, both uh, reality on the ground and politically in various uh, world forums. But because of the work of Ateret Konim today, there is a whole neighborhood on the Mount of Olives. 110 families live on the Mount of Olives. Today is the dedication of the Beit Knesset, which is going to be there. Families in Kibbatzion, a thousand Jews living in the old uh, Jewish quarter. And of course, the families living in the old Yemenite village in the city of David. And how many families are in the Yemenite village now? We've doubled our presence in the last year. Well, you took us there. I'm thinking it was the middle of 2015. So then there were nine families in two buildings. Since then, what has happened has been something earth-shattering. We've basically doubled our presence, an additional three buildings, and the original Beit Knesset from 130 years ago. Which you showed us, I believe. We showed you from the outside only one part of it. The other section, the Supreme Court of Israel ruled in a landmark uh, case that the Beit Knesset, in fact, was a Beit Knesset, that the Arabs were illegal squatters, even the Supreme Court, and that they had to leave. Of course, whoever would have thought that the uh, authorities would have taken some Arab families, the middle of Silwan or the old 
called Yemenite village. But it happened. And now, of course, we need, of course, to renovate and to restore this glorious old Beit Knesset right. from 130 years ago. It's phenomenal. I brought up the Yemenite village because one of the things I saw there was the, uh, uh, the, the day-to-day living that the people who are there go through. In other words, you're right. They're heroes, paratroopers. What happens on the seventh day is so vital now in modern Jewish history. All that is 100% accepted. Uh, but sometimes people don't realize the daily sacrifice that one of these nine, or now you've, you've mentioned even more families, go through every single day in order just to travel to their home from the, their child's school to go shopping like we would do on our, you know, just leaving our house and, you know, teeling around to, to go to the supermarket. They don't have that luxury. No, it's a, it's a logistical nightmare, even if you put aside the, uh, some physical dangers because of uh, certain Arab neighbors. We had one family that was attacked 126 times in a four-month period. It was just abnormal. Wow. Since then, there has been a lot of uh, arrests, which is, thank God, excellent. Uh, but the main change that has made things a little bit easier is the fact that we've gone from 9 to 19 families. So instead of only taking a bulletproof jeep to go into one part of the area, there's now families walking in and out to go to the city of David. There's also now a service, uh, a Jewish guy has taken on this little tractor that can actually bring goods into your place, go in and out the alleyway. So, listen, it's not easy. It's not like living. It's not in fresh direct, but <laughs> but at least they are able to get you what you need from the market. What you need, and I guess if you have a, need a piece of equipment delivered, they can do that as well. And they are and they are very happy. But you're right; it, it is not simple. And the mysterious nefesh, the devotion of the families, it, it's beyond just being represented as a yeah. Jewish people. They are very special, both there and in some of the other areas that we've got families living. I don't mean to skip around, but we have some time, so just give me a chance to, to get to a couple of different things. Sure. Daniel Luria here, Executive Director of Ateret Koanim, one of the most amazing organizations. I'll never forget the very first time I was introduced to it by the uh, late Louis Bloom, who was such a pioneer. Talk about pioneers and heroes, uh, an incredible man. Um, yesterday, as we were sitting with our backs toward Harabayat and doing this show on Yom Yerushalayim, and it was an incredible celebration, and I'm sure you agree that as much traffic as there was in Yerushalayim today, yesterday was a little bit worse, right? I'm sure you agree with that. <laughs> De- definitely. Plus, plus, we had a gala dinner last night for 400 right. people and the chief rabbis. To move everybody the, around wasn't easy. So that huh? wasn't straightforward either, but uh, nevertheless, it was a very successful evening. Uh, uh, that we had. And we're going to see you in New York soon. God willing, yeah. Right I- I'm not show. sure whether the mayor of Jerusalem and the two chief rabbis and the minister of housing and infrastructure and the foreign ministry will be there, but it'll still be a, a tremendous dinner that we're having in New York. But last night, it was beyond all expectations. We had paratroopers that came in um, to, the, to the songs of uh, marching into the old city. Avinu Shabbat We had uh, Kip Alive that was there also. It was a, nice. a very unique evening with the honorees, uh, the Moskvich family, the right. first time ever being honored, and uh, Matthew Miller from, right. the, from Corin Publishing. Corin. So I'm glad a, the Minister of Housing was there. That's quite a statement. Baruch it was Hashem. a huge statement. And the things he said uh, about, and also Tzipi Hoftaveli, right. about building in Jerusalem and that there shouldn't be any um, uh, differences between East and West, was v- it was great to hear. And the Minister saying, we have to build. There shouldn't be any differences. Why should this be an orphan? There's no, no East, there's no West. We are a united, single Jerusalem. So yesterday, with my back to Harabayid, I am. we're sitting up there. And we did that only so, of course, our viewers would be able to, to see what... The, the site. Um, I kept referring to the to a certain area next to the Kotel Amaravi as the old Jewish quarter. Many people call it the Muslim quarter. Uh, Tarat Khanim's uh, um, activities, if I'm not mistaken, started there. Am I right? That was the very first place 
where there was quote-unquote settlement of Jewish people to bring back a Jewish presence to that area of Yerushalayim. 100% right. In 1978, 79, the first yeshiva students moved into Beta Maravim. In fact, the first check ever written out today is a Braslav yeshiva, which is in the old Jewish quarter. And I'm not being flippant by you, neither you, using right. that terminology, Correct. because before the uh, British divided and only gave us one-ninth of the old city, there were Jews and Arabs living together, according to two Turkish census and a British census, we're talking about a Jewish majority, with 21 synagogues and six yeshivot, centers of Jewish learning, in what is today known as the Muslim Quarter. So it was the hub of Jewish activity because of... 21 so yeshivot in the Muslim Quarter. In the, what is today known as the Muslim right. Quarter, correct? Right. And that was all, unfortunately, decimated, destroyed with three sets of pogroms and the 48 war, which was lost. Uh, but ultimately... Uh, we've slowly but surely gone back there. Uh, there's today a thousand residents living in the old Jewish quarter, wow. which includes four yeshivot, but only one of the yeshivas, which is Yeshivat Ateret Yerushalayim of Rav Aviner, they're the only ones that live and learn in the area. The other three yeshivot just coming to learn. Right. So it, it's changed the dynamics, of course. Ariel Sharon made his statement uh, uh, back in 1987. Uh, with regard when he bought an apartment, he approached the organization and says, I want to make a statement. I want right. to do something. You know, what's available? Ended up being a very unique apartment available in Beit Wittenberg, which only years later we found out, uh, and today it's known, that that's where Mark Twain stayed right. 150 years ago. It was, a, story, it was a hotel. Right. Phenomenal story that it's unfolded today. There's Jewish life there. Very sadly, unfortunately, a year ago, a year and a half ago, uh, one of our rabbis was murdered. Remember Rabbi Lavi? Sure. When he came down to uh, to help uh, the Benita family and uh, a very sad tragedy. And uh, the Arabs in that one sense... That was at the bottom of the road that the, that the Shuk is correct, on. Correct, right. On the main road, the Via, right. not the Via, the rest of the Rukhov Agai. But, you know, the Arab intention is really not just to kill Lavi. It was to stop Jews walking around, get us out of Yerushalayim. So our response uh, was simply, you drove out one Jew, you killed a beautiful uh, Rav, destroyed their family to a certain extent. Um, we're going to add five more Jewish families. So that was our, what you'd call a Zionist response, I suppose. And a, a massive a, a complex has been acquired called Bet Hanof. Uh, you have to come and see it. I mean, you and I, I think, have been to Bet Salam, the house of the photographer. Yes. And we both, you understand how beautiful that was. Oh, yes. This new building makes Bet Salam look like a baby. <laughs> it changes everything. I mean, there's nothing like this building. It's, uh, and, yeah. it, and it is in the central part of that quarter. It's in the same area, correct, uh, a little bit further to the north, but in the old Jewish quarter, and it's called the House of the View. We'll call the Outlook probably uh, the Nehemia Outlook for Nehemia right. Lavi, obviously. Yeah, I was already thinking Beit Lavi or something. Right, right. no. It's called actually Bet Hanof, the House of the View, for right. obvious reasons. Every group will be coming there. I mean, there's a lot of work to be done on the rooftop. We'll maybe even put a rooftop playground there at some point. So even though we've heard so much about some of the neighborhoods in front of us here, like you described earlier, including the Ammonite Village, which we concentrated on, a couple of years ago, we shouldn't think that activity in the old Jewish quarter, what some people call the Muslim quarter, has stopped. It's oh, very, no, very no. active there. No, no, unless we get a message from God uh, to say, boys, your work has been done, thank you very much, there's a lot of work to be done. In fact, there's no shortage of Arabs ready to sell. Than, there's always been more Arabs ready to sell than Jews ready to buy. So, right. so where are the Jews? Where is this multi-million dollar fund that can basically help us buy back Jerusalem? And in the name is, it's in the names of the individuals who buy it. It's not in the name of Atarat Kunim. But there's so much to be done. You know, renovating apartments, uh, to add families, facts on the ground, uh, children's and projects, security projects, nothing short to be done. All those things, of course, are accomplished with each sale, with each purchase. I want to... Um I want to ask you to, and I, I, I don't. Want, we're going to do that in a second. But this is not a crass appeal. This is a very important piece of information for many of our listeners. Uh, even if someone would not live there, 
even if someone would not decide to actually live in the Muslim quarter, which which, which they which they basically don't. Right. In the last forty years, I don't think we've had a single purchaser, right? Purchaser, right. investor from Israel or overseas, right. Who moved from Los Angeles to, <laughs> to the old to Jewish quarter? It hasn't right. quite yet happened. But nonetheless, nonetheless, even and nonetheless, we know that thousands of people listening to this right now are always considering buying something in Israel. So they can buy, and their families move oh. in, they pay rent. It's, it's a regular. So that's why I'm saying we must convince people that it's a good business decision, aside from the, all the other benefits that you described a minute ago. It is. A great business uh, idea. It's ideological. It's religious. And who knows? Listen, down the track, think about it. The very first family that moved into one street that the first investor bought 40 years ago, he probably never thought what would ever happen. He's doing it for the wonder of the Mashiach. Today, that street has got 14 Jewish families, a kollel, a yeshiva, and a kindergarten. It's like the Jewish quarter. Right. It's You need patience, ideology, and yes, you need a little bit of Yerushalayim in the veins and uh, a little bit of money in your pocket, but you can have it. And then we look after everything from A to Z. Uh, the families are not paying a huge amount of rent. No one's becoming rich and rubbing right. their hands on the rent, etc. But you have something that will only gain and has gained in value in every single aspect. You know, if someone's having a house in, uh, where do they live in the world? Who wouldn't want to own a place in the heart of Yerushalayim? Rabbi Avinir last night, one of the rabbis that spoke at the dinner said, it's fantastic Aliyah. He was appealing to many of the Americans there. You must make Aliyah. It's very important. But that pales into insignificance compared to buying a property. Right. You make Aliyah, you live a certain period. You make Aliyah when you're 80, you've got 40 years here in Israel. You buy a property, that's Netzach. That's forever. Netzach. That's forever. Uh, can you say the same business-wise about the other neighborhoods? Can you say to people, when you help us purchase in the Ammonite Village, that can be yours and that could be a future, you know, really good business It's not idea. can, it will be yours. Whatever, whoever has bought those uh, properties they, can build. They own them. Right, there's Bet Yonatan, there's Bet Advash, there's, they own them. It could be a long-term lease, it could be various things. Right. There's Bet Frumkin, uh, there's Bet Ovadia, there's Bet Rachel. There are people in Israel around the world who have acquired them. Sometimes they give the uh, the rent to a third because we're managing everything and doing right. everything from A to Z. But it's something very real in the individual's hand. Imagine owning a place that you know you can even visit once a year and you're standing on the balcony and you're looking over at Il David, Gan HaMelech, Har HaBait, Har HaZetim. Tell me where in the world, what you open your, your, your window in Brooklyn, in Melbourne, Los Angeles, what do you see? What do you see? Avenue J, you see Avenue K or L, whatever it is. This is, this is Netzach. This is reality. This is what people should be buying and investing in. You have anything, you want something to be worthwhile in life. If Hashem has blessed you and given you money in whatever you do, use it for Am Yisrael. Use it for Yerushalayim. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com on the NahumSiegel Network and, of course, on our beloved NSN app. Daniel Luria, Executive Director, Spokesperson for Ateret Koanim, who better to spend time with us here on a Thursday Yom Yerushalayim, Yom Chevron special. By the way, and we're going to get to this in a moment, and those watching on video will see exactly what we're talking about, uh, any difficulty for you to celebrate Yom Yerushalayim fully yesterday, knowing how much work there still is to be done? A tough question. Um, me, personally, yesterday was a different ball game because we had a gala dinner that evening. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, that was so, a day of pressure no matter what. <laughs> so it didn't make a difference. <laughs> Listen, there is a certain amount of enormous satisfaction. Uh, and in, celebration. In, in, and celebration. There is a certain amount of frustration also because I know there is so much can be, that can be done that we're not doing. Are we succeeding enough? You know, there shouldn't be a situation where there's more Arabs ready to sell than Jews ready to buy. Right. 
it, it's not easy, and of course, it's co- we're we're countered by two very important things, and that is first of all the fatwa, a disgraceful, immoral fatwa, the edict that if an Arab sells to a Jew, he's killed, right. which makes obviously every real estate deal a little bit more uh, difficult. It's not like moving more, from more <laughs> Rahavia or Monsi <laughs> to Rahavia. It's uh, right. not quite like that. So um, it, it's not straightforward. Plus, the Arab world are exceptionally active in doing the reverse. There are multi-million dollar funds, one recent one, the Al-Quds Investment Fund. We are strengthening Arab roots in the heart of East Jerusalem to divide the city. They're not sitting around doing nothing. They have passion, desire, no shortage of money, and uh, you know they're doing, in some ways, the reverse. So there's pressure on Arabs not to sell. They're also adding their own facts on the ground. If you remember correctly, the, uh, the restaurant between the arches, a small example, right. in the old Jewish sure, quarter, I remember next door to that, the Arab got money from the Palestinian Authority. He dug underneath his building and opened up a restaurant next door called El Burak. You know, because everything is a matter of who's where, facts on the ground. They know that between money, violence, hatred, they'll eventually, they, they think, they'll, they're wrong, of course. They think they can drive the Jews out. Now, they won't win because we've got uh, Hashem and history behind me. Every great empire, whether it be uh, the political terror of UNESCO and UN, they'll be gone in 100 years' time, as will all these uh, Arabs who hate Israel. But there's enormous pressure at the moment. So, yes, exceptionally happy. There can't be any, 50 years later. Look what we've achieved. This is phenomenal. We have changed the face for the Jewish people that hasn't been seen for 2,000 years, what we've been seeing in the last 50 years. But there's a little bit of frustration because we'd love to do so much more, maybe to move the messianic donkey just a little bit faster from time to time. You know, I don't know how, uh, if, if our team is the way it is, um, facing you know, essentially the league champions, the way the Arab side is being funded, as you just described, right. it's miraculous you're able to make any progress at all. You're up against a very tough machine. Yeah, but they have a machine that breaks down. We have a machine, God's roadmap doesn't break down. The Everready battery is irrelevant when he's, uh, when he's active. And he's been active. Every war, here we are. Deserts have bloomed, here we are. Fruit, trees, technology, State of Israel, army. There are issues, there are problems. But the, the machinations of the, the divine plan is something that can't and won't be stopped. Plus, there are very, very special people around the world who have made sure that slowly but surely, another house, another apartment, right. another building. Today, for example, there's a few deals that's taking place. I can't say exactly where. There's a few deals now, but we need financial backing for it. There are properties that can be built on. There are things that can be done, but it takes people who are prepared to do more than just sing L'Shana Haba Birushalayim. Right. Uh, they may feel it in their heart. You need them to act with their heads. Heart is good. Heart is yeah, good. Heart is good. <laughs> but it's good. not enough. <laughs> it's not enough. Uh, honored to have it. Daniel Luria here on this Yom Yushalayim Yom Kavron combination at JM and the AM, yes? Speaking of heart, yes. um, by chance I happen to... Thank you. And I just want to mention on the heels of a very successful and important Atarat Konim gathering in Yushalayim last night. And of course we remind everybody that we have our, our opportunity... Uh, to be with Hatarat Khanim at their upcoming dinner in the United States. Uh, and uh, we'll give you the information, of course. And uh, the dinner is, um, is, is not, not just an important source of income so that the organization can do some of the things you just described. It also gives, it gives us it, it gives an opportunity to American jury to make a statement, as you indicate, correct. But it also gives us an opportunity to actually participate. As I like to say, and you've heard me say it a million times, we're not asking people to go live in the Ammonite village. 
We're not asking them to go through the sacrifices of daily life there that you and I described earlier. We're not asking them to do any of that. We're asking them to come to a dinner and have a good time and eat some really good food and meet some people they're going to enjoy meeting. And at the same time, just by doing that, they will be supporting a very important cause. So if you're listening now in the New York area, in the United States, and certainly other areas of the U.S. are welcome to come in as well, uh, consider being at the Ateret Kohanim dinner and uh, just having a wonderful time and at the same time making a statement and participating financially in this very important work. Uh, you brought something to show us. Explain what's going on here. Um, this is probably the, one of the most unique stories connected with Ateret Kohanim. Um, and I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but basically uh, the head of the organization, Mati Dan, the founder and chairman sure. who still runs the show more or less today, um, met an Arab we're talking 37, 38 years ago, by chance in a taxi. He was trying to meet his wife uh, at the time at the central bus station. He was running late. One taxi driver wouldn't take him. Actually, there were two or three Arab drivers that would not take him. One was waiting for an American tourist. One was having a cup of coffee. He was running late to meet his fiancée. So he runs out of the Jaffa Gate and flags down a taxi, gets into this taxi. And uh, he's very angry with the angry drivers that didn't take him. He says, all these Arab taxis should be driven out of this country. But the one that picked him up was also an Arab. And the guy says, but everybody except for me. Yes, everybody except for you. Thank you very much for taking me. No, you understand nothing. And then this Arab takes out a gun. So he's in the middle of Yerushalayim with an Arab driver, taxi driver with a gun. He says, don't worry. I work with the secret police, the Israeli government. I work with the JNF. I work with everybody. He says, what do you do for the JNF? I make lots of money off you Jews. I'm middleman for JNF. This was a guy he was apparently meant to meet a few years beforehand. The JNF wanted to hook Mati Dan up with when he was just starting the organization. He never met the guy and he meets him by chance three years later in this, in this taxi. And then the Arab says to him, but you Jewish people, you don't really love Jerusalem. You say Le Shana Habab Yerushalayim, but you don't love Jerusalem. I go to the JNF, this is what he's telling him, Mati. I go to the JNF, I say, I have property to sell in Old City and Silwan. Here, David, right. JNF, don't buy. You don't love Jerusalem. So Mati says, listen, anytime you've got a property, you come to me, I'm, I'm your man. And let's do some deals. He gave him a little Sidur or Tehillim book. This one which is in front of you here. And he says, where his phone number, a piece of paper, his phone number, go, find for me places. This Arab helped us buy 11 buildings in the city of David, 40% of the properties in the old city. But of course, many years later, the other Arabs found out who was the one. Who was the middleman. The middleman <coughs> during the selling. Right. So in their typical violent, uh, hate-filled nature, they sent out uh, three or four Arab terrorists, barged through his, uh, the neighborhood, smashed through the door, shot him up, five bullet holes in his chest, shoulder, heart, and three in his stomach. Five bullets in his upper torso. Mm -hmm. He was sitting on the couch. He was rushed to hospital and he survived. He was there for seven months and he survived. The doctors, listen carefully, not just you, but all listeners, the doctors took out of his pocket a blood drench to heal him. Don't ask why, but for every day, he happened to have it when he was being shot, this tilling in his pocket here. The bullet that hit him in the shoulder dripped down and was all over the top of the tehillim. That's what you can just see here, the top of the tehillim. The one that should have gone through his heart and killed him on the spot, forget even going to the hospital, did not penetrate. The now, the doctors are looking at this. They see the <laughs> shrapnel. They see that it hasn't gone through, that it's gone through to a certain extent and then stopped in this tehillim. The doctors are blown out of their minds. The whole family comes. Mati Dan comes. Mati says, it's, an, it's not a Jew. It's an Arab. Everyone's kissing each, each person. They're kissing the Tehillim. The Arabs take the Tehillim and they frame it. 
It takes Mati Dan one whole year just to get the Tehillim book back. In fact, the Arab didn't want to give it back to him. And he, at the end, he said, you know what? If you buy me another Tehillim, but this time, please make it very thick. <laughs> a small, thick Tehillim book. And then they said, okay. So Mati bought him this little thin Tehillim book. He got it back. When Mati realized how the Arabs opened it up to the end of the hole, and this will blow your mind and your listeners. The end of the hole, and you're, you're looking at it as I am here. Right. The words that it finished off at are Chatserot Hashem. The Chatserot Hashem are the courtyards of God, which is Jerusalem. And what are the words that follow straight after that? Listen, and, uh, listeners, I hope you're all listening. Libi ubesari yerananu el kelchai. My heart and my flesh will rejoice to a living God. That's the words of an end of a pasuk that a bullet hit or stopped at and did not penetrate a tiny... T- now, this, there are many stories that people hear from Rabonim that yeah. are probably true, maybe symbolic, right. but this, you're looking at the Tehillim. Let me this, show this to our listeners. And, and, and not just that, we, this, we handed this last night to Matthew Miller because we realized afterwards, and he was on it last night to get that the Moscovich, it's a current publishing. <laughs> so anyone out there that wants a Tehillim, if you want any Tehillim, you can only buy... Koren Tehillim. <laughs> Please, you're asking everybody to do so. Uh, this was the framed. Uh, this was the framed um, uh, Tehillim that was uh, responsible for saving the life of this Arab middleman. Who obviously had a few merits upstairs. I would assume so. Uh, he got the message. He lived to a, a nice old age, and uh, he passed away recently, I believe, just from. Uh, from, from age, but not because of that. It's I know there's a lot of things you can't say in a forum like this, but I would assume that there are other people uh, from outside of the Jewish faith who've been helpful to you over the years, I would guess. Um, to be honest, um, not that I know of. Really? Really. Uh, we don't actively, you have to understand, uh, as many of your listeners may know, there are certain issues about who and when uh, can be active um, actively helping. We don't actively go out to get Got it. Uh, sponsorship or anything. If there are people out there from any uh, uh, any faith or any persons, any country in the world that believes that Jerusalem belongs to the Jewish people, right. it should stay united and they want to support and send money by the internet site, that's that's fine. But I was saying differently. I was saying people like this. There's still people like this who are helping you uh, with these arrangements. I didn't understand the question. I apologize. Right, with you these mean, arrangements and with you these mean Arabs who are yeah. work. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Right. I, then I misunderstood you yeah. totally. Sorry. So that does continue. That's yeah, the, yeah. There's no, there's they're not scared off There's at the no moment. shortage of people who are prepared to work with Atzeret Konim uh, and do what is necessary. For uh, a good business deal. Everyone is looked after. Whatever has to be done, all I can say is, is done. Wow. <laughs> this has always been so mysterious for people like me <laughs> over all these years. Um, Daniel Luria, everybody. He is the uh, executive director and spokesperson for Aterit Kohanim. Growth continues. That is a, an understatement. Growth continues. I would say expansion continues. I don't know if that's a uh, I don't know if that's an appropriate term or not, but I think we could say that expansion continues of the Jewish presence in the holy city of Jerusalem. We are continuing to revitalize Jewish life. Another step in the process. Every building, every parcel of land, everything that can be done is another step. It's Zionism unfolding. And you're doing quite a job at it, to say the least. Thanks. Thank you, Hashem. Congratulations on what happened last night in Yerushalayim on the heels of an incredible celebration mm-hmm. of Yom Yerushalayim in the city. 50 years it is, and uh, good luck with next week. I believe it's the, I believe it's the night after the Celebrate Israel Parade. Isn't Monday, it? Monday night, June Monday 5th. Monday night the 5th, yeah. Monday night, June 5th, and that's going to be in New York City, and everyone is invited to participate. 
and be part of uh, the incredible work of Atarat Kohanim. Uh, Daniel Luria, Tadaraba. Tadalachem, thank you very much. Uh, an absolute pleasure. More coming up. This is JM and the AM and a Yom Yushalayim Yom Chevron combination special from the holy city of Jerusalem.
The question is, how many times in two days can we play Yerushalayim Shal Zahav? Thank God I've lost track already. I can't even answer that question. As many as you want. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I just want to get to our uh, dinner here. Okay. And just so I can give everyone the information. You mean regarding Atarat Kohanim? Correct. Okay. Uh, the American Friends of Atarat Kohanim, Jerusalem Chai, celebrate the 38th anniversary of Atarat Kohanim. And it is happening on June the 5th. You can call 212-216-9270 for information. Again, that's 212-216-9270. And um, uh, the, uh, the, we- the email address, our friend Shani Hyken, that's shaniateret at gmail.com. Again, that's shaniateret at gmail.com for uh, any information you need. Uh, regarding the dinner. This is happening the day after the Celebrate Israel Parade back in New York City. And uh, it is always a very inspiring evening. As you heard Daniel Luria uh, explain and describe, the work of Atarit Kohanim has never stopped from the moment that it started. It has never stopped. And everybody has an opportunity to really support an incredible cause and to be there uh, for the future of the uh, city of Jerusalem uh, by... um, celebrating with them at the beautiful dinner coming up on the 5th of June. We also want to thank our friends here at the Inbal for again hosting us, hosting this program, giving us the opportunity to work off of the unbelievable and beautiful Mir Peset porch here at the Executive Lounge on the ninth floor of the Inbal Hotel. And we are, um, I don't want to say being entertained by the crane, but we are certainly in awe of the crane and of the crane operator. Nahum, I bet that if you had the opportunity to interview the crane operator... Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, it'd be like an hour on JMA. I would do it in a second. I know, but that. But would he have to come down or would you go up to visit him up there? No, he'd have to come down. Oh, yeah, I think so also. Um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to just find the location. Do we know the location for the dinner on Monday night, June the 5th? Terrace on the Park. It is on Terrace yes, on the Park. Yes, it is. Very good. Terrace on the Park in Queens is where it'll be. Great venue for great dinners. And uh, we've actually been there recently for a dinner. And again, you can uh, you can uh, participate by um, going to the Jerusalem Chai website, a Tarot Karnim website. Just search it, and uh, and you can put in your reservations and get ready to really make a great commitment and make a great statement uh, about the future of Jerusalem. Yeah, we also talked before about the view that we have from this from this Merpeset, and Simon when he was when he joined us. I um, I had made mention about the windmill. It's right. the iconic symbol of the Min Moshe neighborhood. Yep. And I said to him, and he, he said to me that he had operated the windmill, right. which of course is so, so a Simon Jacob thing to do. Correct. Um, and he told us about the the pulleys inside and the weights, and I mean he made the he made the windmill go. Yeah, he actually operated it, which is pretty funny. Yeah. And uh, it is a symbol and um, something that speaks to the uh, the age of this area of Yerushalayim. The pedigree. And the pedigree, correct. Right. And uh, it is uh, quite beautiful out here, to say the least. And it certainly you, if you look is. Far enough, of course, that is the Judean desert right. that you're looking at. And uh, you think about the you, know, you think about the, um, the the walls of the old city that are to our left, and the Judean desert, which is. To the uh, to the well, for us it's the center, but it's uh, to the south area, and you could just envision uh, our forefathers making the trek from places like Chevron to Yerushalayim. Um, Avram Avinu walked in mm. this pathway. He walked in this pathway to get to Haramoriah, 
uh, the story of Akidat Yitzchak that we're so familiar with. And it's just amazing and incredible to be here. Fifty years later, on this Yom Chevron, we are celebrating both Yom Yerushalayim and Yom Chevron. It was, I have to tell you again, it was one of the most spectacular sights you'll ever see. <laughs> uh, 25 straight hours of dancing and celebration. Because if you would have been at the Kotel Amaravi or anywhere in the old city, at any point from sunset on Sunday, excuse me, sunset on Tuesday until sunset on uh, Wednesday, you could have been part of circles of dancing, great celebration, flag waving like you've never seen before, hundreds of thousands of flags being waved by tens of thousands of people in one of the most remarkable celebrations of Jerusalem ever. The way we thought it would be right. for Yom Yerushalayim number 50. And a big, big thank you to our friends at Mizrahi, World Mizrahi, under the leadership of Rav, Rav Doron Peretz, who I saw this morning, who is also basking in the glory of an incredible mission and one that brought people together worldwide uh, to this one spot, to this incredible city, to the heart of the Jewish people. So a big yeshikach to Rav Doron Peretz and everybody at World Mizrahi who have made this an incredible journey for so many people around the world. We also have continued programming, of course, after JM in the AM, as Charlie Harari begins, uh, starts us off, I should say, with our 9 o'clock hour. That'll be Charlie Harari at 9. It'll be, uh, it'll be Michael Fragan and Phil Goldfeder at 9.30 with Spin, spin Class. It will be, uh, that's a World of Politics show. Uh, it'll be uh, Allison Josephs and Jew in the City Speaks. That is happening at 10 o'clock until 10.30, and then at 10.30, Miriam L. Wallach. I have the pleasure of being her guest as we did the show, and I hope it, you don't mind me revealing that. No, I was hoping you would. We did the show um, from the porch, from the uh, observation deck at Eisha Torah, in front of Harabayit, and we were able to really sum up the first three days of our journey on this incredible journey to Israel. So uh, that essentially uh, rounds out our early morning lineup. Live lunch will be 11 until 1 o'clock. And then um, Throwback Thursday and the Rewind of JM Rewind will be taking place after that. Don't forget that tomorrow we have a special broadcast that's going to be coming from the groundbreaking of the Binyamin Medical Center, courtesy of our friends at the One Israel Fund. Our weekly update will return right after Shavuos, the day after Shavuos. Uh, but tomorrow we will be uh, talking about the Binyamin Regional Center, uh, the medical center, which is being built as uh, the groundbreaking actually is taking place today as we speak. And we'll have a, a plenty of conversation about that and bring all that news to our listeners. That's for a Friday morning, JM in the AM. We had been discussing where, from where, to do um, this week's That's Life. And we were going back and forth. And initially, we thought we'd be heading to Crave, which is the restaurant in the Shook, one of the restaurants in the Shook that has gotten tremendous press and for good reason has great PR and great buzz and great reviews and then all of a sudden it occurred to both of us yesterday <laughs> that we are overlooking Harabayat on the Aish rooftop and why in the world would we go anywhere else the week of Yom Yerushalayim if we could do additional programming so, so we stayed put so to our friends at Crave we hope to see you on a future trip yes How and we like are that? happy to come that is for sure but we you know we stuck around more coming up Chaim Leaptag scheduled to join us speaking about Tarot Konim the big dinner just keep it right here at JM in the AM
J.M. in the A.M. with the Moshav Band. They say, come back. And that's been a big theme of ours every single time we get to Israel. And maybe one day we will permanently come back. We're celebrating Jerusalem and Hebron on this Yom Hebron here at J.M. in the A.M. as we continue our broadcast from the Inbal Hotel on a very special Thursday in the aftermath of one of the most remarkable and incredible celebrations you've ever seen. That was yesterday's 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem. We had an opportunity earlier to speak to Daniel Luria at Teret Koanim. What an amazing presentation that was. Chaim Liebtag is with us live via telephone. No doubt he wants to see everybody in the New York, New Jersey area on Monday, June the 5th at Terrace on the Park in New York, in Queens, New York City. Why? Because that's our opportunity in New York uh, to uh, make a statement to help financially support the great work of Atarat Khanim and frankly to come together and enjoy a wonderful dinner. Chaim Liebtag, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Malcolm. Thank you. 
Uh, appreciate that. One more time. Chaim, welcome back to JM in the AM. Hi, Nachum. There we go. Wonderful speaking to you from... Wonderful speaking to you from Israel. I appreciate that. I apologize. It took me an extra second to get you on, and it's a wonderful delight to speak to you in Israel. I'll start with the following before I even ask you about your general impressions of this week in the Holy City. Tell me about last night. I am told that Wednesday evening's gathering on behalf of Ateret Kornim was simply spectacular. Uh, incredible. I mean, um just the amount of people. First of all, the the look that we get from Armona and Achieve, and when you see the same view that Avram Avinu saw when he took his walk um, uh, with his son, uh, that begins the story of of, of Yerushalayim. Um, to just to be there in that presence, um, and then to see all the incredible people that came to to celebrate um, this historic occasion with the Teret Kohanim. Um, it, it's just it was just so 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 moving from the from the chief rabbis to the mayor uh, to members of Knesset, um, uh, you know, and all the other people that came uh, to, to share with that was just just purely remarkable. Uh, and we were told that uh, you had phenomenal honorees. This was, I think, the first time that Tarek Konim uh, went ahead and publicly thanked the Moskowitz family for what they've done over all these decades, that and that is a well-deserved honor. You could certainly confirm that's a well-deserved honor, right? Uh, more than more than well deserved, and I, I think one of the takeaways that I got from from Mrs. Moskowitz uh, when she when she uh, accepted the the award was she said it is time that what we call East Jerusalem stops being the forgotten child of, of Yerushalayim. Uh, that's where that's really where it all began, um, and that you know sometimes forget you know we we we've grown up in in uh, in the states and and even in the world with with this concept that there is uh, an east and a west Jerusalem there's only one Jerusalem um and that the courageous families that that we support in America that live in what is so called the muslim quarter uh, the christian quarter etc um which she said it's time to stop uh, calling this the abandoned child, and the fact that the mayor of Jerusalem came and in, you know was a part of that is an indication of how important that is. Oh, that's true, Chaim Lee, and, I, and, and including the minister of housing as well. There, were, there were really a handful of people. Goodness, housing, yeah, that, right, right. There were really right. a handful of and, people. And when that you were hear there, a brach, right, that, that right. made and it. When you hear a bracha from the chief rabbi, right, yeah. When you hear the, the brachas from the chief rabbi, that you know the chief, both of them, just. Remarkable. Chaim Liebtag's with us. Um, we're talking about Ataret Kohanim. Today's the day that we're focusing uh, on Ataret Kohanim and the incredible efforts they continue to make. It's now over 50 years since the reunification of Jerusalem. It's decades for Ataret Kohanim and their incredible work that started in what is now known by many as the Muslim Quarter. We refer to as the Old Jewish Quarter. And, of course, so many other neighborhoods have been affected by their work, including Chaim. I wasn't even aware until I was updated by Daniel Luria today that when we visited, you'll recall we visited in the middle of 2015 the Yemenite village. There were nine families there. He said now, two years later, they're up to 19. That's that's correct. That, it's, it's, that's incredible. Um, yeah. And I'll tell you one thing. When everybody should come, the view from the Yemenite village is Remarkable. Yeah, one they even closer up than that view from Mamanzu. Yeah, one of one that they likely have not seen before. Uh, Chaim Liebtag's with us now. Chaim, whatever message you want to deliver, obviously I I uh, be more than happy, and I'm honored to have you do so. But I want you to help me deliver the message of what American Jury can do in the immediate future for the work 
of Ateret Karnim. And I, I said this earlier in the show, all we're asking people to do, frankly, is to come and enjoy a wonderful dinner, be part of a fantastic um, a celebration that's happening on the 5th of June at Terrace on the Park. And uh, with that, they get to make a statement. With that, they get to financially support in a, ver a very, very important cause. And we're not asking them to live in the Ammonite village. We're just asking them to have the greatest possible solidarity with their brothers and sisters in Jerusalem. Correct. I, I want to steal a line from a great rabbi um, who, uh, who I, I love and admire, Rabbi Findel. Um, that when he said um, that when uh, Achashvero said to uh, Queen Esther, you know, you can have up to chatzia machut, you can have up to, to half, you know, so whatever you want, you can have, all right? And what was Esther's response? She says, please come to dinner. Right. Right? So I'm going to say, generally, you know, uh, please, come, please, please come to the dinner, um, because there you can make that statement. Listen, not everybody can live yeah, uh, it would be great if everybody could live in the Yemenite village or in, in, in you know, in the areas in, in the Holy Basin directly surrounding the, the Temple Mount. Um, but by coming and supporting our work, uh, and supporting the work, and, and really supporting these families, uh, really makes really makes the statement. This, and the statement is, stop calling it East Jerusalem, and stop calling it the Muslim Quarter. Start calling it Jerusalem, our quarter. It's, it's it's our it's our unified city. Hundred percent. That's why we can. You know, I yeah. Now go ahead. Well, you know, one more message. You know, you know, this is the fiftieth anniversary. You know, yeah, we are fifty years plus one. Um, this is our thirty-eighth year as American Friends of the Terrakonim, and the gematria for the which is we're using as a part of the theme uh, for this dinner is Kavodo. You know, that's equals to thirty-eight. It, it's Kavodo's in his glory. And it's in Hashem's glory. Um, that's what we're all about, and uh, that's and the people who are we're being honored. That's their message, and you know, to to all of us. Um, everybody, ha everybody has an opportunity. You can go to the website JerusalemChai.org. Of course, American friends about Teret Kohanim, fifth of June. It's Terrace on the Park. Uh, an, a wonderful opportunity, including online, to dedicate to the honorees and to get your reservations in ASAP to be at a very yeah. special night. Chaim, what do you think? I, I need your impressions of this incredible week in Jerusalem, and especially I need to know what you thought of the hundreds of thousands of flags and tens of thousands of people that filled the streets from late Tuesday to late Wednesday night. Yeah. Don't drive. <laughs> and don't get caught. But anyway... Yeah, you know, I, when when I look back at the pictures, I'm kind of re reminded of the the early the old days of of the Russian jewelry movement. You remember when we used to walk down Fifth Avenue, oh, yeah. the hundreds of thousands of people that came out unified. The, you know, as opposed, you know, in the same way on the Israel Day parade, but but when we we marched for Soviet jewelry, we really were all at one. Uh, I've never seen so many people at one it's and i think that's the special that's the special message of usual line it is it is what makes it is what makes us one um and and you know to be swept up in that uh it's it's a it's an experience listen i i made these tickets back in november you know um because i just wanted to be here to be part of that you know and um uh, it's uh, I, I don't know how better to explain it. It's the, the, this is where the Jewish people belong. Jerusalem uh, is our capital, and when we're all together in one place, uh, we can't we can't be beat. Keir Shachubra Layachtav Chaim Liebteg is with us. Jerusalem Chai Atarat Kohanim dinner coming up on the fifth of June. Terrace in the park. Everyone, make sure to be there. Be part of this. 
Yeah, we want to make special mention, you know, of our guests of honor, um, our, our Bona Yushalayim honorees, uh, Nissen and Dr. Hindi Klein, who are dedicating Gan Aryeh in memory of their beloved son, Aryeh Seb, and this uh, um, uh, this Gan Aryeh is going to be on the rooftop of Beit Hanof. Oh, wow. Beit Hanof is the highest point in the old city. What your view from there um, can't be beat. Uh, Duvi Nestor Honig, Duvi is the founder and CEO of the Orthodox Jewish Chamber of Commerce, Tremendous friend. Uh, he works for he works for Jews like you you can't believe. Um, and um, the rabbinic leadership honor going to Rabbi Shalom and Rabbi Zinchan Lipsker of the Shul of Bal Harbor, which are working together with us. So the first shul that is actually contributing towards the building of the Yemenite village, re, the, re, the rededication of that Yemenite shul um, in the Yemenite village. Um, I want to yeah, join you. They're very special people. I want to join yeah. you in paying tribute to all the honorees. It is a great list, as you just mentioned. People have an opportunity to dedicate their contributions in their honor online, on the website, and, of course, to be there in their honor on the 5th of June. You've chosen some great people, and it's one of the things that we know. We know that people who care about Jerusalem from outside of Israel, from around the world, and spe specifically for us in the New York, New Jersey area, have been very active, have been extremely uh, dedicated to make sure that whatever work Atarik Konim wants to do, whatever uh, financial resources they need to advance their incredible um, uh, increase in the Jewish presence in these key areas of Jerusalem, that they are able to do it, and that's extremely important, as we know. Chaim Tadarabah, thank you so bringing, much. Yeah, love, yeah. One more thing, we're bringing sure. in musical entertainment from musicians from our, uh, from our area, um, you know, from from within uh, the from within uh, the Yemeni village, from the old city. Um, so come to listen to them. Wait a second, um, you have details. You, you can't leave us hanging like that. You have details on that. Who's coming from the Yemenite village? Yeah, uh, the music entertainment is by by. Um, uh, by Elron Sabatani, who's a resident of Aterat Kohanim's um, area. Wow. Um, some other special guest music. Um, uh, actually, he's from, he, he, lives in, he lives in Beit HaTzalam, um, and he's going to be accompanied by uh, Shlomo Arnoni, who's from Hashmanoim. Uh, we have a special guest appearance uh, by Ambassador John Bolton, who will deliver um, uh, the keynote address at the dinner. Wow. Uh, the Deputy Mayor of Jerusalem, Dov Kamenovich, uh, Israel Council General Dani Dayan, uh, Pete Hexeth from Fox News. I mean, it's it's beside everything. It's a great night. Um, big shout out to who really the the woman who really spends her life uh, working for this organization, Shani Hyken. Um, you you don't know how she lives and breathes this organization. Um, a shout out to her because uh, she's the best. You know, and hopefully you'll you'll get to speak to her next week sometime. Oh, a hundred percent. Look, Shani's amazing. She's surrounded by great people in the infrastructure back in New York and the United States, and the people here on the ground are simply remarkable, real heroes of the Jewish people. A very appropriate week to pay tribute to the work of Atarat Kohadim. Thank you so much, Chaim Lee Tag and the Shana Habi Yerushalayim. Amen. Amen. Thank you, uh, Nachum. Thank you to Miriam. You guys do an incredible job. I'm a long-time listener back. It's gone back, I think, since the beginning of Derek Ohanim. So for 35, 40 years already. Amazing. So uh, you guys do an incredible job. Thank you very much. We look forward to having you at the dinner. Uh, food's going to be fantastic, as always. At Terrace on the Park, um, be there and remember one thing. The final story, final thing is, while we're honoring uh, our, our past pillars, Dr. Irving Moskowitz and, and, and Mr. Joseph Mermelstein, we're really it's, the whole thing is in honor of Terrace Kohanim's children who are living that two thousand year old dream. They certainly are. Thank, and we get to be part of it. Thank you so much.
great speaking to you. And uh, let's no, up right. Shalom. Chaim Liebteg, no, everybody. And Shabbat Shalom. And Shabbat Shalom. Chaim Liebteg, everybody. More coming up. Special guest is going to be joining us if you keep it right here at JM in the AM on this Yom Yerushalayim Yom Chevron special. Jerusalem, I can still recall The first time I laid eyes upon your golden wall Jerusalem, my your very name Brings the images of my year with you Rushing back again Jerusalem, my your precious stone Tells the story of the age Jerusalem, when each step I take Brings me closer to the one I knew And lets me see my heritage I can't play that enough. It's Safam's Jerusalem. What a song all about the Holy City. On this Yom Yushalayim, Yom Chevron special, Erev Rosh Chodesh at JM in the AM, wrapping things up with a very special guest, Tova Kenecht, who's known as Tova in Israel. And for us, provides amazing Tova talks as part of our bite-sized program every Wednesday with Mr. Yoni Pollock. She's one of the stellar correspondents contributors, interviewers that we've gotten used to over the last year and a half, practically. And it was right here at the Inbal Hotel in February of 2016, where this all began when Tova visited us, and we had an amazing conversation about Israel on the air. Tova, welcome back to JM in the AM. Wow, what a pleasure to be here. Appreciate that. Here we are at the Inbal. I think the last time you were with us at the Inbal, it was about 80 degrees cooler, am I right? It was, it was freezing. <laughs> it was freezing, all right. Yeah. We were doing the show at night, and that was an interesting experience. You braved that, and now you're rewarded with a glorious day in a Jerusalem. A beautiful day, day after much. Yom Yerushalayim. You've pointed that out a lot, I noticed, on your social media. When it's a really gorgeous day, you love telling people how glorious it is in this town you know what to get anything to get everybody here why not whatever it takes whatever right? it takes to get them here uh we had a nice talk people could revisit it and hear what your feelings were then and i'm sure they're very similar now to life in israel you did live in the united states like many of our listeners who are right now we did almost two years ago we moved here right. this summer will be two years and, and people think can they do it people think is it a good move for them for you and your family you can't be happy enough right it's been amazing and in, through the interviews that i do on the yoni pollock's uh right size. Size show i try to highlight people that have moved here and are having a tremendous impact on israel and the jewish world at large so that people it lash to 
hopefully convince people to move here. Not to uh, insult any other guest you had, uh, the uh -oh. interview, the encounter that really was extra special for you would be? Oh my goodness, all of them. But I think <laughs> most, most recently, I think uh, interviewing my husband's grandparents. Oh, that was cool. That was really special. That was cool. Talking about the, them surviving the Holocaust. Right. But, and I imagine uh, that's there for your children and grandchildren and everybody in the future. The entire family is very appreciative that I can they imagine. have it They now. probably learned a lot of things in the extended yeah. family that they had no it's clue true. about. It's true. There were some details that they mentioned in this interview that we didn't know already. Uh, the so. recorded word can come in very handy. That's for sure. We learned that yesterday on Yom Yerushalayim as we were reliving the sounds of 50 years ago. Uh, so you continue to do these uh, amazing talks. I'm told that Yoni Pollock treats you very nicely as host <laughs> of the show. And it was so nice to finally meet him. You've never met before? This is the first time, but we talk all the time based on... It's all you know. downhill from here, Tova, trust <laughs> me. No, I'm just kidding, of course. We like having fun. No, he's great. We like having fun with Yoni. And one of your colleagues, who's also been a great contributor to the program, is Joanna Shepson, who yes. was with us earlier in the week. And the two of you are doing some great interviews, making inroads into places where, frankly, people would never be able to visit with or find out about you know, these different guests. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you're going to be continuing to do that, uh, not just in Yerushalayim, but really anywhere in Israel, right? I meet people everywhere. Yeah. I go to, out to the gush. Yeah, I have two interviews I'm going to be recording this coming Sunday. Fantastic people. And those will air in the next few weeks. Isn't it interesting how some guests can be really engaging and open with a lot of information, have a lot to say, and others can give you three, four-word answers? Some of them were more difficult to... Uh, <laughs> I won't hey, welcome say, to the club there, Toby. I won't say, uh-oh, me? I have no... No. <laughs> Meaning I have no sympathy. I've been there through that a million times. Oh. You now know what it's like to have somebody on the other end who's Yes, really and Yoni is my testament to uh, knowing how I edit the videos so they all sound like they were perfectly done oh, to so begin you with. You actually help the guests in the end. I do. Right, that's actually a good feature. It, helping the guests helps me. That'll encourage <laughs> them. Exactly. That'll encourage them uh, to... <laughs> to spread the word that it's worthwhile being interviewed by you. Yeah. So Tova Knecht is here. You will be spending the summer, Bezrat Hashem, in Yerushalayim. In Israel, my which, kids are. Which is the first summer you'll be permanently in, is in Israel, correct? It'll be the first summer. First I'm time. a little bit nervous about the heat, but, you know, we live here, so we should spend the summer here. Carry around those water bottles. That's what we're always told. Yes. And... Um, and uh, what can I say? All I could say is thank you. Thank you for contributing to thank our you. network. Well, thank you for having me on your network. We had a feeling that you'd be an effective part and a, and a very good addition for us, and it's uh, proven to be great. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me on the show, and uh, thank you. A pleasure. That's all I could say. To yeah. follow you in social media, what do people do? They can find me on Facebook, Tovin Israel, or they could go to my website, tovinisrael.com, and uh, Instagram, Tovin Israel. All platforms, Tobin Israel. And that's it. And you'll see plenty of material there. <laughs> a little, maybe a little too much. You think so? <laughs> uh -oh. A lot of selfies. A lo <laughs> You're not like that guy at the airport who had to get a selfie with President Trump. You wouldn't do that. I would not but do that. But you do do a lot of selfies around Israel. You know what? They, it's why, how not? You why not? Yeah, exactly. Encourage more and more people to learn more about Israel. Exactly. Toba Connect, everybody. Toba in Israel. Toba Talks. All part of Bite Size with us and a very important part of the Nachum Siegel Network. More coming up. It's our Yom Yerushalayim, Yom Chevron special as we start to wrap things up from the Inbal Hotel in Jerusalem. Thank you for listening to JM in the AM.
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSingle.com. On the NachumSingle Network and, of course, on the beloved NSNF. Wraps up an amazing and incredible edition of JM the AM on this Yom Chevron. Thank you for joining us, celebrating both Yerushalayim and Chevron. Big thank you to the Inbal Hotel and all the wonderful people from Atarat Kwanim who joined us on a very special morning. This is Jerusalem, and we've got, uh, we had an, uh, an amazing opportunity this week to celebrate its f- the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem. I hope, if you were not able to be here in this holy city, that you've at least taken advantage and have been inspired by the sights and sounds that we have brought you over these last four days. Tomorrow, it is uh, the Binyamin region, our focus for the final day of our journey, uh, the Binyamin regional Medical Center is going to be built, and our friends at the One Israel Fund will join us throughout the morning Friday here at JM in the AM. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Sena, Guten Chodesh. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel, reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.